0: All right, it's time to talk to our friend David Locke. Our conversation with David is brought to you, as always, by the Murdoch Auto Team. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Of course, he's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He is David Locke. David, hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, We're doing just great. Uh, David, how are you doing? Things good?
1: I'm good. Yeah. Turned into a beautiful day after. Well, snow in the mountains this morning, so we're all good.
0: Yeah, it's it it, it has turned into a beautiful day, no doubt. Well, hey, participating in our conversation here, we've seen all the the long list of, I guess, strategies for the bubble, rules, things going on. What uh, what jumped out to you? What do you what do you think about the blueprint the NBA has laid out?
1: I mean, it's obviously incredibly detailed, and they are clearly trying to keep everyone as safe. I mean, you know, as much as they've been criticized at times that this is a money grab and they're not, you know, safety first. it. That's pretty clear safety first. So in the midst of it where it's very clear that you, you know, they need to play games and, and bring that money back in. And it's a lot of money. Um, it does seem as though they're trying to take every precaution necessary for safety.
2: David, are you of the opinion, as my co-host is over there, that uh, the NBA has taken it too far, that testing alone should be enough, not having spy cams around the campus?
1: Well, I mean, the, the concept is that you're trying to keep people inside that realm, right? So, you know, if someone leaves and goes out, then you're suddenly exposing that group to a huge amount more more contacts, And that's what they're trying to avoid. So I can understand it. I honestly don't, here's the one I don't understand. If everyone's testing every day and everyone's negative and they're staying in, then why so many precautions with everyone who's negative? Like, I don't, I'm not criticized. I just don't understand. Like I'm living a life right now where I'm trying to be socially distanced. And, but I mean, you're also living a life a little bit, I think, of where I'm assuming at times that I don't know why, I'm probably incorrectly, that some of the people around me are negative. Right? Right. And I don't and I don't even know that they're negative, but if like I knew they were negative, I would think I don't know. I'm confused, I guess, is what I'm
0: saying. Can I can I offer you my my theory on that?
1: Yeah. I
0: think outside of the daily testing, everything else is pretty much just PR. I mean, like, you look at some of that stuff. I mean, wiping the ball off on your jersey, give me a break. I mean, at, at one moment you're you're banging down on the boards with Rudy Gobert and you're going to tell me that you're worried about wiping off the ball with the jersey? I mean, I think you, your point is 100% correct. If you're testing that frequently, that's all that matters. I think everything else is just mm, signals to everybody like, hey, we're being careful.
2: See, this is where I disagree with him, David. I think it is, it's a good thing. To, to to be as careful as possible. I, I don't think, I'm not so cynical to think that it's just about public relations. I think they want every base covered. And that's okay by me.
1: I'm in between the two of you. I'm not where Jack or Jake is. I think that somebody, they're getting guidance from very high-end people. And someone's told them that that's important. And I just don't understand. I just don't, I need to know more. Like, that's all I'm saying. But I think that they've been informed that those are the necessary steps.
0: No doubles, f- no doubles ping pong, David. Because I mean, that obviously is going to cause an outbreak. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you are well, such a you are such a cynic. You are. They're
0: testing every day.
1: Why? Uh, why is this other stuff also? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm not like I'm not criticizing. I just would like. Um, I'd like to understand more. Like, I'd like to know more so I can understand that.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, this, sorry, Gordon, go ahead. What, what did you think, David, of, of the hotels being assigned by, uh, by placement in the standings as we speak now? I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: That Well, that uh, makes, that, that, that yeah, makes some ahead. sense because I think what that means is that when teams are eliminated, those hotels get opened up to other things. Hmm. And you would assume that everyone gets eliminated based on that order.
0: And you would assume that Disney's in a hurry to sell some hotel rooms.
1: And yeah, I don't know if it's to sell I don't know if it's to sell hotel rooms or if it's to open it up for families to come visit. Right. That's right? That's it up, upon the second round, each person can each team can kind of bring in an extra person, right? Isn't there fifteen to seventeen increased spots once you hit the second round? Yes,
0: yes correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, is, it, uh, is it beyond dispute that the hotel the Jazz are in is the nicest of the three?
1: I don't know anything about Disney World Orlando hotels. I have no efficiency rating on it. <laughs> I have no effective field goal percentage on it. I have nothing. <laughs> you know, the bummer is eight-game sample size is not going to be enough to make any evaluations accurately and we're going to all make them inaccurately uh without enough sample size of eight regular season games to be able to figure out what the impact of the layoff is the impact of playing without fans all of these things we're going to make all sorts of suppositions and we're going to use not enough data to try to solve answers to those questions
0: david Locke with us on 97.5 and 1280 the zone uh david switching gears a little bit and i know uh, that you talked about this on your podcast. But Gordon and I broke down the interview that Ed Davis did with Hoops Hype very thoroughly the other day, and I thought it, his particular perspective and his words were, were really right on the money and I think represents kind of the feelings of a lot of players, I would guess, out there. Give me your thoughts on what Ed Davis had to say and what stood out to you.
1: So Ed Davis is really one of the like leaders in this league. I mean, Dame Lillard called him the best teammate he's ever had. That has exemplified itself multiple times this year with the Utah Jazz of, of what his leader, what he does with his leadership and what he's brought to this team has been incredibly important in key moments. And we saw it there because that was leadership. That was, I'm going to speak for a bunch of players on an issue that doesn't impact me. I'm going to address the fact that um, if we don't play, we could put this league into financial peril. Um, I'm going to save the league was one of his quotes um, you know, the, the owners could tear up the CBA if they don't play this year, which could be a fairly significant change to the many players. So I thought Ed took a huge leadership role there and talked about what he could do. And then I also thought it was just very well thought out on, you know, the value of money and what he what the value of money could do for all these people inside the black community.
2: What do you think, uh, David, about what Kyrie Irving was talking about, all those concerns he had, and then even suggesting at one point that maybe the players start their own league?
1: I don't want to diminish what Kyrie said because I think that would probably be the classic example of what's going on in this movement and where, you know, maybe I don't have the life experience in the. In the in the positioning to be able to understand where he's coming from, Um, but with that said, I thought you know there's some aspects of it where I feel it was a little strange for the guy who you know can't isn't going to play anyway to be the one leading the idea that we're not we shouldn't play. Um, That you know like Dwight Howard, I'll actually say has a lot more credibility, right? Like Dwight Howard's got a championship he's about to go win. And if he's making comments of, like, you know what, there might be something more important, okay, I'm a, like, that caught my ear. Um, so, you know, I think Kyrie probably has a lot of points in there that have a lot of validity and that some of them are getting lost inside of the shuffle of media headlines, and I'm not sure I understand the perspective he's bringing to the table on that one.
2: What I read, David, about what the league is – saying it wants to do in conjunction with the completion of the season and at other times is be a force behind social justice and racial equality. How do you think they can best do that?
1: Well, I think this is really important. I thought Mark Spears at Undefeated wrote a really good piece on this. Like, I'm the players right now. I'm empowered, and I think – and you know what? Like we're on a neutral site, and I want Black Lives Matters on the floor. And I want, you know, if I'm if I'm a player right now, and I've got a brand deal with you, like my ads are not running unless they involve this messaging as well. Um, I, I think the, the players at this that's where they can use this league and the support of the league and this time period and the attention they'll have to be a force for change in the play, with, while playing. Like, yeah, I, I would agree like just going to the arena and playing eight games is not necessarily going to be a, you know, impact on the movement and could, in fact, be a distraction. Like, that's, there's a legitimate argument to that. I'm not sure I totally buy it, but it's a it's a legitimate argument. You know, there are also then multiple things you could do while in Orlando that increase awareness, help the movement, and the, and tell the league, like, if we're coming back to play and we're going to be in the circumstances, then we're doing these. We need your support. And if you're going to support us, then we these are the five things that we're interested in. And I think that those – that's where I think Avery Bradley and Kyrie Irving and, and these guys have some really – that's great. Like, that's exactly what you should be doing right now. Let's go.
0: David Locke with us. And David, on that uh, call last Friday where some objections were raised, Donovan Mitchell was on that call. And according to reports, he's concerned about the injury issue. And, of course, we can understand that where he's due a pretty substantial uh, contract extension or uh, a possibility of such. And as speaking of Ed Davis, he cleared that up a little bit and gave a little insight on Donovan's specific uh, situation. But wh- what do you think about that situation and his concerns? What can the NBA do? Maybe an insurance policy of some sort, or is it just – what yeah. it is?
1: I mean, I think you know the the nervousness falls out of the fact that we're into an environment we've never been before, right? So, so we just don't know. Are we more susceptible to injury? Are we not? Um, you know. So I think um, you know. I think that that's that's where I think that stems from is that that reaction, at least by. Um, Mike Donovan is like, gosh, I've never been off this long. Like, are we actually more likely to get injured here? And then what happens if I get injured? So, I, you know, I understand the concern. Frankly, you know, we've seen plenty of players with eight games left in the regular season be concerned about injury. Um, so, you know, and I thought Ed Davis said that pretty clearly. Um, I don't know what they can do. Like, can they do a special signing period where if you're going to offer him the contract, you can offer it to him now because you would have offered it to him on July 1 and we're going to be past that date? Like, I, I don't know. That's an interesting
2: question. Do you think the ramp-up to the season now or the restart of the season is adequate? It seems like it's fairly deliberate, uh, you know, indicating a time for individual workouts and then, uh, you know, more intense workouts and then team workouts and then finally some kind of scrimmages and then the games over the period of a over a month.
1: Um seems fine way above my pay grade to have any idea you know i've taken a grand total of zero classes in my lifetime on um any type of physical exercise science or anything of the sort so i, I have absolutely um no idea um about the body's ability to ramp up in this after term out this time off
0: all right, David, uh, let's get to some favorites when we do return to play. Is it the Lakers, Clippers, uh, Bucks, and everybody else, or who else should we move into that mix?
1: No, I think those three are probably on a superior class to anyone else. I think the only one that would be interesting to me is Toronto's really fast, and I don't know whether that'll have an impact. Like, they have, like, there's certain unique skills you wonder what those unique, you know, we don't know what the impact will be, and so what unique skills and so Toronto's speed, I think, is a is a unique skill. Their ability to play really fast. Maybe they'll have better endurance and tire people out and do those kind of things. Um, I, I think the uh, um, you know does Houston small become more productive than it would have been otherwise? You know, and there's obviously the obvious questions of who comes in shape, who's fresh, who's not. Is the layoff better for older players or younger players? There's so many unknowns, uh, but unquestionably the three best teams in the league were Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. Seems as though that would be surprising if they're not still.
2: David, is it my imagination, or have you either noticed or studied this out a little bit, that there are players that are being developed who are not big name or who are not big names, who are having impacts on teams, and I'm not even saying that they're superstars or stars, even, but they are really, really good players who are contributors. Is have you noticed a, a trend
1: in that direction? Um, so you know, there's an interesting draft a few years ago, which is the Alex Burks, Clay Thompson, um, Kawhi Leonard draft, and if you look at that draft, the Draft the players eleven through twenty are better than the players one through ten, and that's pretty unheard of. Um, you know, you've got your five best players in the NBA right now, or a number one pick, a number you know fourteen pick under a unique circumstance out of Greece, a number three pick in a Harden, Steph Curry, and a number nine pick. So they're still I don't know who the fifth best player in the league is. Um, They're still, you know, the best players in the league are still probably uh, the elite, elite players in the league are still, you know, you know it when they enter the league. Um, I mean, Zion, clearly. Uh, Are there, you know, so what's, how far down is your tier? I guess I need my answer to that question. Um, Both the Morris twins were in that draft I was mentioning. So, um I mean the Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neill type. Is that what you're alluding to? The set, the non-drafted players who become rotation players more than we used to have. Yeah, kind
2: of more cl- closer to that kind of thing. You know, I, I just hear about players contributing in a major. I can't even think of an example right now. But uh, players that are seem to be helping. Who's the kid at Miami with Miami that is uh, has been so useful? Yeah, I mean you got guys like that that seem to be. Contributors, not not stars, but but so I worthy think, I mean, I think players.
1: So I think there's been an evolution in what skill sets are most important, and that may have led. And as the game evolves, then you know a draft of five or six years ago is probably off because the game is different today than it was five or six years ago. If that makes sense. Um, Duncan Robinson and Davis Perdons are. Six-foot-eight pure shooters. If I was an NBA scout, I would be looking for six-foot-eight shooters. Like, there's something. Uh, the volume three-point shooting is important, and the ability to just be able to get them off. Like, I'm not sure that Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley could get off the 12 threes a night that Duncan Robinson gets off. He does it in Davis-Bertons gets off. They do it because they're tall. Um, and that height. You know, Kyle. everyone wanted to compare Jimmer Fredette to Kyle Corver, and they forgot about the five-inch difference. <laughs> so I think that type of player has a value maybe. Um, I think the game's evolving, and so maybe that is the case. Gordon.
0: Real quick, David, before we let you go, do you know your broadcast plans, yet? Are you going to be with me here in the studio? Or are we going to be spending a lot of time together coming up here shortly? Um, I don't know. Oh. Well, I was hoping for good news there. <laughs> i was hoping that we'd be hanging out
2: david goes that's not good news in my corner
0: i know i do feel a little rejected there
1: well i'm just gonna socially distance
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right buddy well whatever the case may be i think we're really excited to hear you get back to calling some action
1: or get there soon enough but give me a long what is it another 43 days or so 44 maybe maybe 45 Hey, we've made, it, we've
0: made it this far, David. I mean, how bad could the last 40-whatever be?
1: Um, this year, I am not answering that question. That's actually a good point.
2: Do you have to get the vocal <laughs> cords back in condition, David? Is that uh, is that something you've got to work on?
1: Um, in the preseason of a regular season, I do do some things, not vocal cord-wise, but just to get ready for the speed and things. I don't, you know, I've never called a game from a monitor before in an empty studio, so I... This will be all brand new and I'm working on some creative ways to try to make it most interesting and we'll see what we can figure out.
0: Do you want Austin and I to do sound effects in the background? We could try. <laughs> oh no,
1: please no. No, would that not be good? Probably not. I've heard Austin's sound effects and those do not smell good. I mean are not good. <laughs>
3: oh buzzing. Oh, oh, I mean uh, <laughs> and you said you didn't have any scientific background, David. Jeez.
0: <laughs> uh, David, you are the best. Thank you. Tony uh, blind! it's always a highlight of our week to talk to you my friend
1: <laughs> talk to you later
0: see you David David Locke radio voice of the Utah Jazz I didn't mean to blindside him with that question where he would be broadcasting I was just hope uh, I was hoping that would be the case
2: well I imagine if well I don't know maybe he's sitting on the edge of his seat not sure yet but I was going to say I would imagine that that if he were going to go he would have known by now right
0: well, I, I would think so too, but didn't we do, when we talked to Bowler yesterday, didn't Bowler seem pretty sure that the broadcast teams for like everybody was not going to be there? And haven't we I even thought. seen the national broadcasters say that they're not going to be there either? Yeah, so, Kev-
3: Kevin Harlan said that for the first, the, the regular season finale or whatever, and I think through the first round of the playoffs, there won't be anyone but
0: so national I didn't guys to, on a monitor. Right. So I didn't mean to jump the gun there. I actually thought it was fairly established that broadcasters weren't going to be there. But well, maybe I did.
2: Hope lingers still maybe.
0: Maybe. Uh it would well, be
3: you, cool. You are the official spokesperson for TNT Broadcasting. I am. That's true. And yeah. Turner
2: Sports. I got that job this morning. Hey Austin, remember yesterday when no. Jay said he was going to uh he was going to try to be more constructive and not bring everybody down all the time?
0: That was yesterday.
3: And it was I, I, boring. I'm,
2: I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wondered whether That was going to uh, continue on a while, but
3: no, in fact, I don't think it lasted. Jake's charm is that he can turn a a bad thing into a good and a good thing into a bad. Thank you, Austin. And
0: besides really,
2: that really is a talent.
3: (laughs) I don't think it lasted the whole show yesterday. No, (laughs) No, it it didn't didn't last till the next comment. (laughs) If you recall, you you tested Gordon to see if he'd call you on
2: it. And Gordon just
0: said, yeah, you didn't really hold me accountable yesterday. So I kind of lapsed back into some old habits
2: yeah well look i mean you can't uh you can't uh hold back a river by sticking your hand out like that you know I mean it's just some things aren't even worth the effort,
0: and a river runs through
2: it what huh did you just make that up that book by the way is poetry
3: a river runs through
2: it. Uh-huh. I've got to admit, moves
3: about as fast as poetry. Too. This is that is uh,
0: that is one. You're talking about the movie. Well, here
2: they are back
3: in the freaking river.
0: <laughs> I have not read that book, but get I, it, I. Brad
3: Pitt's a bad boy. Next.
0: <laughs> I do love that movie. Which did you see? For, or which did you experience first, the book or the movie? The, the movie.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> but so you experienced the movie first and read and but enjoyed the book more.
2: Yeah, I think the the book was better. I've but. I've, but I I will say this. You have said it in the past that once you see characters portrayed on the big screen, it is is hard to exorcise them out of your mind as you're imagining uh, when you're beaming the pictures from the book up on the the big screen in your brain.
3: Right. Can you think Uh, of a worse way to live your life? Church, fishing, sleeping. (laughs) Church, fishing, sleeping. Picking up your brother that just got arrested. Sleeping, church, fishing, sleeping. Yeah, I, College. I was.
0: I was going to say if you were talking about Brad Pitt, I, I'm pretty sure he mixed some drinking in there too. <laughs> I meant the older brother. <laughs> oh, the, I see that the, the guy one that wrote the book, the guy from the program. Yeah. Uh, well, what is his name? The the actor? I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. But he was in the program, wasn't he? The the quarterback. Yep. Uh, from that movie.
2: What's his name? Mm, Smith.
0: Bob Smith